0: Finally, college football is really here in Columbus, Ohio. Huge football game coming up this week. Ohio State, Penn State. You're going to hear about it all week long on Locked on Buckeyes. I'm your show host, Kyle Lamb. We have so much to get into. In the first segment, I'm going to kind of recap what happened at Rutgers. Not a lot. There's not a lot to talk about, but a few things that eh, I thought could have been better. Then we're going to talk about Penn State. Huge matchup as Ohio State debuts as a 19-point favorite against the Nittany Lions. Can Penn State keep with Ohio State? Ohio State's amazing, historical run that they're on right now. And an incredible season from Justin Fields. And also, how the Buckeyes compare to LSU. That Tiger team has some problems. We'll get into the defense, playoff scenarios, and much, much more coming up on Locked on Buckeyes. Locked on Buckeyes is your only daily Ohio State Buckeyes podcast. You can find us on your podcasting platform of choice. That includes Apple iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, iHeart Radio, or by saying, play the Locked on Buckeyes on your smart speakers. Locked on Buckeyes is brought to you by JFQ Lending. All of your mortgage and refinance needs should be handled by a Buckeye. licensed in 33 states and more on the way. Give them a call or find them on JFQLending.com. This whole season for Ohio State has been one slow long burner. It's it's kind of a build up to this combustible event that this explosion that we're finally seeing. It's not that Ohio State has not played in big games this year. The Wisconsin game was heavily hyped. The Michigan State game was heavily hyped. But all of the big games that Ohio State has had turned out to be relative clunkers. But here, I I think we finally have the real deal. This is like, everything to this point has been kind of an appetizer. But now, we are definitely at the main entree. We have Penn State coming up to talk about this week, and then the game Next week, Ohio State opened as a 19-point favorite over Penn State this week, which is really remarkable when you consider this is a game that Ohio State has everybody's eyeballs on this week. It's going to be a noon kickoff, but you've got the big noon Fox pregame show will be emanating from inside the stadium this week. ESPN's College Game Day, will be in town. There really aren't any other big games on the schedule, so this is it. The college football world will be paying attention to this, and yet Ohio State is a three-touchdown favorite. It's it's a really, really big deal, but it's good to talk about. We have plenty to discuss on Locked on Buckeyes this week. I'm going to bring in Ross Fulton this week a Buckeye Grove, football analyst to preview what Penn State will do schematically to try to upend the Buckeyes. We'll talk to Bill Bender of the Sporting News. Big fan of Bill. Big fan of having him on the show. He's been on many, many times before. So we'll talk some college football and college football scenarios on Wednesday with him as we preview Ohio State. And Kevin McGuire of NBC Sports College Football Talk, also the host of Locked On Nittany Lions here on the Lock On Podcast Network, he and I will be doing a crossover show We'll have some content from Kevin both Thursday and Friday here on Lockdown Buckeyes. So stay tuned. Five great shows coming at you and we'll sprinkle in a little bit of Buckeye basketball talk along the way, but a lot to talk about with Penn State. Now, let me go back in reverse. I'll put my, uh, I'll put my beeps on. Beep, 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 beep. That's me backing up. Okay. We're going to go back and talk about Rutgers just for a minute. Now, look. I do not think anything that happened on Saturday has much to do with what's going to happen going forward. I said on Twitter and I I was blasted by a few people, but I stand behind this that Ohio state did not play very well against Rutgers. Now I'm just analyzing. I've been telling you all year that I think Ohio state is a great team. I do. And I still believe that. So you have to accept my objectivity on the matter. When I say I didn't think Ohio state played very well at Rutgers. Now Were there mitigating circumstances involved? Absolutely. Let's start by saying that Ohio State jumped out to a 21-0 lead. I think it was already such an easy game going in on paper, and then you get up that quickly and that easily against a team. It's natural to let up a little bit. Ohio State scored before you could even blink. They were up 21-0, I think, seven minutes into the game, and that's when the The punt happened, the Garrett Wilson muff, and it becomes 21-7. And that's where things got a little sticky. You had a couple of procedure penalties on kickoffs. You had the Wilson muff. You had, I think, six missed tackles by the defense in the first half against Rutgers, which is really out of the norm for Ohio State. Now, it should be noted that three key defensive players did not play. Damon Arnett did not play. Chase Young wasn't in there, and Baron Browning also was not in there. So, Again, mitigating circumstances involved. But offensively, I think the only thing that maybe concerned me is is while the run game was probably vanilla by design, Ohio State did not run the ball as well as they have in the past. They ran for only five and a half yards a carry, which is still not bad. But when you consider this team has gone for seven, eight, nine yards a carry against teams like Wisconsin, Michigan State, Cincinnati... The lack of a consistent run game in this one was, I don't want to say alarming. That that really isn't accurate. It's not fair. But it was at least something worth noting. It was a small concern. Ohio State just was not able to run the ball. The good news is the pass game was really sharp, and I think that was by design as well. Ohio State uh, appeared to be trying to get Justin Fields sharp and in rhythm, probably in preparation for the next couple of games where they know they're going to have to pass the ball effectively. Penn State, we'll talk about them here coming up in the next segment a little bit more. But Penn State, if they have a weakness, it has probably been the, their secondary in their past defense. So Ohio State, I thought, looked a little bit flat. They looked a little bit sloppy relative to past games. Those things were all just critiques I had in the first half. Now the second half, I don't worry too much about for a multitude of reasons. They did go very quickly after that first touchdown drive to kick off the second half. Ohio State went to the second and third teamers offensively and defensively. Everything that happened after that, I I am not critiquing. It's just that is pretty much... The game was over at that point. And Ohio State, yeah, they failed to cover, but they also had second and third teamers most of the second half. And Rutgers actually kept their starters in that game a lot longer than most teams did. Rutgers still had starters in in the game midway through the fourth quarter. That's really rare for some of these blowouts that Ohio State has had in the past. A lot of teams, once Ohio State started getting their second and third teamers in, a lot of these other teams started going to their second and third teamers as well. And that's one of the reasons why Ohio State has been blowing past the spread so frequently and with such ease. And they did not do that against Rutgers. So I am not at all concerned the fact that they did not cover in this game. That means nothing to me. Really, the only issue that I would have is just some of the sloppiness and, and flatness from Ohio State in the first half. But like I said, they did jump out three touchdowns early, and that was probably, that was probably a little bit uh, a victim of their own success because they had it so quickly, so quickly and so easily. I don't think this game translates going forward, though. I did bring the, bring up those critiques and concerns on Twitter. I stand behind them, but I'm not also not like being an alarmist. I'm not trying to say, oh my God, Ohio State is about to lose to Penn State. That's just not really what I was trying to say. It, it's funny because Ohio State has been so dominant this year. There's a possibility that we could look back on this team 10 years later if they finish the deal and we could say, what a crazy historical footnote that Rutgers and Florida Atlantic were possibly their two sloppiest games all year long. It's, it's just amazing. It really puts into context how well Ohio State has played this year. And that's why I say, hey, look, when you can sit back and l- reflect on a Rutgers win that was a 35-point win that was 42-point uh, margin at one point in the second half, before all the second-teamers came in, then you could say you have got it pretty good if that's one of your worst games played so far this year. And that's kind of where I sit. Uh, Penn State, a 19-point favorite. We're going to talk about that in the next segment. There's a lot to digest here because this is a good team, and that's a really large spread. And there's some history of close battles. But I really, really want to focus on this game all week long, as you can imagine, because... There are so many angles here and and we don't know how this Ohio State team is really going to react because they just have not been in the situation. If it goes four quarters, and it might it might not. But if it does, how will Ohio State react? That's really the million dollar question here because the Buckeyes have just had this season so Smooth, everything has gone so smoothly to this point, with the exception of the minor glitch on the radar with the Chase Young suspension. It just feels like this, this season, I don't know if it's a fairy tale for Ohio State fans. Maybe it feels like it is. Maybe it feels like it should be. But things have just gone so smoothly. It, is the, the adversity, is it right around the corner? Is, is this where the going gets tough and we see how they react? Or, or is it more of the same? Coming up in the next segment, I'll talk about Ohio State's greatness and what I expect this week from Penn State going forward. I'm not a big fan of just looking at history and saying, oh my goodness, look look here, this, is, this looks like a bad trend for this team or that team because of what happened under other coaches or with other teams. At the end of the day, those previous teams, those previous seasons, they're not playing in the game. Different players, different coaches, different scenarios. But it is worth taking a look at at various trends and things that could be of interest or concern for a team. For instance, we're looking at Penn State this week, and it is the week before the game. All of Ohio State's focus is going to be on Penn State. I have no doubt about that. There's no reason to look at Michigan because honestly, from a circumstance standpoint, this is actually the most important game for Ohio State this season, the way it works out. Because the winner of this game pretty much wraps up the Big Ten East, especially for Ohio State. If Ohio State wins, it's over. They're going to Indianapolis. If Penn State wins, Technically speaking, Ohio State could still go if Penn State loses to Rutgers next week. That's not going to happen. So for all intents and purposes, this is for all the enchilada. This is the right to go to Indianapolis and represent the East Division in the Big Ten Championship game. But being that it is before the Michigan game, and we've seen the game before the game be a big dud for Ohio State. Not just losing, but just struggling. I looked back 20 years and Ohio State is 6-14 and in the week before the Michigan game. It hasn't been pretty. They've really, really struggled in the past. And it's worse from the standpoint that it is coming against a team that they have had notoriety in struggling with in the last five years. last five years especially, we're talking about 2014 winning by 7, 2016 winning by 3 and winning by a single point the last two years. Now, in some of those circumstances, like the last two especially, they were only a touchdown favorite and a field goal favorite last year. So a little bit different circumstances. They're 19-point favorites right now. Now, this game is a little bit different in that it is in Columbus, where some of those struggles were over in Happy Valley. And Ohio State is playing just so much better than they have in the past, and that's why I don't want to I don't want to look at the six and fourteen record against the spread and say, "Oh, Ohio State is in trouble because this game, unlike some other past games, should have Ohio State's attention. The only one now they they've played in those twenty years. they've played some teams that were ranked and very good teams. Iowa in two thousand I believe two thousand and nine, two thousand and ten. Very, very good team. They were ranked both years. Uh, 2015 Ohio State, of course, we all remember what happened against Michigan State. That was a game I don't think anybody was looking ahead, but they didn't play well. In this particular case, Ohio State won't be caught looking ahead. There's no reason to look ahead. This is a really important game, not just for clinching the Big Ten East, but for winning the national championship. So I'm not going to get caught looking behind, looking backward at the Penn State struggles. I really do think this team has a laser-sharp focus. I think it's going to bring it. But this Penn State team has been battle-tested. They've lost a game. They've had several games go down to the fourth quarter. they played, and I mentioned this on Twitter, they played a really tough schedule as far as offense against opposing defenses. The opposing defenses they've faced right now average 4.9 yards per play given up. The FBS average is 5.5. They have played 7 of the top 32 defenses in the country right now as far as yards per play. So their offense, which is very good, they've been through the rigors. They they've been through the battles before. It's not that they've faced a defense as good as Ohio State necessarily, but they have faced some really good defenses. And Ohio State they have also played some really good defenses, so it's, it's, it's a two-way street. I think both teams are battle-tested for different reasons. Penn State, because they've been in some close games against good opponents, Ohio State has not been in any close games whatsoever, but they have faced some very physical, tough opponents, like Michigan State, Wisconsin, Cincinnati, and they passed those tests with flying colors. But this is a really good Ohio State team. Uh, Ohio State's SID Jerry Emig put this out. Ohio State is only the second team in the last 100 years of college football to win the first 10 games by 24 or more points. 100 years of college football, Ohio State is only the second team to do that. The other one is 1971 Nebraska. That goes along with the stat that I put out. Ohio State, in their first 10 games which they won by 417 points has the largest margin of victory of any team in college football in the scholarship era that goes back to 1975 when the scholarship limits became a thing. So there, something's got to give here. History says that Penn state is a tough game. It's before Michigan. There's a lot of reasons. There are a number of reasons to think Ohio state may struggle, but when you look at this team in a nutshell, You start have to have to ask yourself: Is this truly a great, historically great team? That's what we're going to find out. Justin Fields is having a historically great season. He has 41 touchdowns accounted for and one interception. I looked at college football for the last 15 years, and that 41 to one touchdown to interception ratio is better than anyone has had in that time. I looked at all the quarterbacks that have had at least 40 touchdowns accounted for in the last 15 years. There's 55 of them. And the best touchdown to interception ratio after Fields 41 to 1 was Bryce Petty, who had a 15 to 1 touchdown to interception ratio. It's crazy. Fields is having a really, really good season. And I don't think he gets enough appreciation for just how good he's been Part of that is because of the video game numbers as far as passing being put up by Joe Burrow. Of course, you had all the hype coming into the season about Tua. There are a lot of reasons why Fields is not getting his due credit. But this Ohio State team, it's been playing historically good. So when I look at this Penn State line, my my first reaction to the line itself was, hmm, that seems a little too high. Only because, you know, even though Vegas has been slow to adjust to this Ohio State team, they've been playing catch-up all year long. This Rutgers game was the first one since week one that Ohio State did not cover. And it wasn't just that they didn't cover, because they had been covering by, as I've told you, like 16, 17, 18 points on average. Incredible dominance. So this game is going to be interesting. Interesting. There's a part of me that says, this Penn State team always plays Ohio State tough. But it is in Columbus. But we've seen Penn State go to Columbus before and give them all they could handle. But then there's the other part of me that says, I look at what Fields is doing. I look at that running game. Chase Young will be back in this game. Surely motivated as ever. This defense is legitimately good. Ohio State has not given up 285 yards all season. Coming up in the next segment, that's going to be a big thing for me. Because LSU, I want to talk about their defense. Ohio State hasn't given up 285 yards in a game. More than 285 in a a game all year. LSU just gave up 614 to Ole Miss. That's going to be my next segment. We got to talk about this LSU defense because it's lacking. But Ohio State, Penn State, 19 points. First glance, Maybe a little too high, but then I really look at the, the run game, the defense, the consistency, the quarterback, the receivers, just everything. This is nothing against Penn State, but we're talking about a team that might be able to finish this deal, might be good enough to go on and do some incredible things to end this season and put together one of the most dominating seasons in college football history. And right now, if they continue this trend, that's exactly what it would be. More on the playoff scenarios and what I think of LSU and is Ohio State the best team in the country coming up in the third segment. Ohio State basketball coming up. Just a reminder, tonight playing on BTN at 830 against Stetson. Chance for the Buckeyes to go 4-0 and on this young season. They will inevitably be ranked today when the new polls come out, I'm guessing in the top 12 or 13. But Ohio State basketball against Stetson, that is 830 tip off on BTN. If you're interested in seeing the Buckeyes, I'm not going to preview this game. It's not really that big of a game, but I will talk about it tomorrow on the podcast a little bit and uh, give my thoughts and analysis on how Ohio State looks. So going back to this LSU thing, Ohio State, I mentioned defensively. They have been the best defense in the country and Clemson is slowly catching up, by the way, Clemson. They're not playing great competition, but they're dominating like Ohio State has done. Not as good of a schedule, but they're still dominating like they should dominate. When you compare Ohio State's defense and Clemson's defense, which both look really impeccable and flawless right now, LSU has not been that. LSU is designed to stop the run, and they're not stopping the run. Ole Miss ran for 400 yards against them. They have somewhat you know we can joke all day about DBU but they have not been DBU as far as this year's personnel giving up 400 yards plus to Alabama and Tua last week and i'm going to talk about that Tua injury cuz that is important to talk about as far as college football context definitely a disappointing injury tough to see any player go down with a really really bad injury like this not just for football's sake but for his own health and i hope he gets well but Going back, LSU has had emblematic problems all year. You go back to Texas, who lit them up in the pass game. They did not run out on them very well, but they did pass really well. The Alabama game, Vandy put up 420 yards against LSU. Nobody has noticed the problems yet because LSU has been scaping by with some big wins. But it's time that we stop focusing just on merit with LSU, and we start to look at the, uh, at the blind spots, the things that we haven't been paying attention to. And this LSU defense is legitimately problematic. They gave up 614 yards and 9 per play against Ole Miss. This is an Ole Miss team that had less than 150 yards total offense against Memphis. It's not an offensive juggernaut. They've had some decent games this year, but they shouldn't be putting up 600 against anybody, let alone an alleged number one team in the country. And when I look at Ohio State, who's giving up when they have been two yards better per play than all the offenses they've faced this year on average, or Clemson, who has been 2.3 yards per play better than the offenses they've faced, LSU has not cut it. LSU is only a half yard play better than the opposing offenses they have played. Think about that. Ohio State and Clemson are over two yards per play better on defense than the offenses they have faced. LSU is half a yard better. This LSU defense is not a championship caliber defense. Fortunately for LSU, they've just managed to outscore teams with the exception of the Auburn game they were able to come up with the stops they needed to come up with. And by the same token, Auburn did get a couple of turnovers down in the red zone when LSU was driving. Maybe that game shouldn't have been as close as it was, but still, LSU has managed to escape. But if they face a team like Georgia, I think Georgia needs to get more credit here because Georgia is the type of team that can beat LSU. LSU. They have that bad loss against South Carolina, but they do have some good wins. They've got a really good defense, and they've got a run game that can just milk the clock. I know Jake Fromm, not a great quarterback. The receivers have been struggling to make plays to get separation, but is the type of team that can play keep away from LSU, and I'll be really interested to see that matchup if it comes to fruition in the SEC championship, which it looks like it will. I'm not handing LSU this this win by any stretch of the imagination. I know people don't want to hear it, but it does look like the LSU ha, or the SEC has a real chance to get two teams into the college football playoff. And this year, I'm sorry to say it myself, but I kind of think it's justified because I look at Georgia, I look at Oregon. Georgia has the bad loss, but they played a tougher schedule than Oregon has. They have a couple of good wins, and when you compare the win against Auburn, Oregon lost to Auburn. They they both played that game in a similar style. Oregon dominated for most of the game, but they blew the lead. Georgia dominated for most of the game. They blew the lead but managed to win the game, but they were up by 21 in that one. I don't know. I just look at the two teams, and I think Georgia right now deserves to be ahead of Oregon, but Oregon and Utah are both playing really well. I hope that those two win out so we can see that Pac-12 championship. But if Georgia beats LSU in the title game, I think Georgia gets in. I think LSU would be the three seed. I think Georgia would be the four seed. Would be very interesting. The thing I can say about this, at least it's not Bama. I think with Tua's injury, which again, very, very unfortunate. You hate to see Tua go down. I just don't think there's a path for Bama now. I didn't think there was before unless there was chaos, but now even if there is chaos, can you put a Bama team in there that is down one of the best players in college football? I don't think you can do that. The committee has to take into account injuries, and Bama with Mac Jones is not as good as Bama with Tua. That's just a fact. So I think if there is chaos, you start looking at a one-loss Ohio State team or a one-loss... Minnesota team getting in as the big 10 champion, or you look at the winner of Oregon and Utah. I don't see a path for Oklahoma either. I don't see a path for Alabama. I don't see one for Oklahoma. I just don't think enough things can happen to get the Sooners in right now. So I'm in the stance right now. I think Georgia is in with a win. I think LSU is in if their only loss is to Georgia. Clemson is in with, winning out Ohio state's in with winning out. I think Ohio state could withstand a loss and still get in, but I don't think Bama gets in. I think the PAC 12 gets in. If LSU takes care of business, it'd be really interesting to see how this plays out for Ohio state. The most important thing obviously is keep winning, but there is the seeding issue. I know a lot of Buckeye fans don't want to see Clemson in a semifinal matchup. If that's what happens. So if your Ohio state, You just keep winning. Al Davis, just win, baby. I really believe, I know Todd Blackledge said this during the LSU game Saturday night. He thinks if Penn State, or if Ohio State beats Penn State this upcoming weekend, he believes the committee will put Ohio State ahead of LSU. Because before, LSU was there because of merit. And they were passing the eye test just enough uh, on top of the wins they were racking up that they deserved to be number one. But now suddenly there are worse with this LSU team. They have a very, very susceptible defense. And Ohio State has Penn State and Michigan coming up in the last two weeks of the regular season to catch up with those wins, to catch up with the resume. So if Ohio State beats Penn State, I think they pass LSU. If they don't do it this week after beating Penn State, if that's what happens then I think they would do it if they beat Michigan the week after. I think Ohio State will be number one because of eye test and the resume catching up with LSU. As long as Ohio State wins out and does it somewhat convincingly, I think the Buckeyes will be the number one seed. I really believe that. That would be music to Ohio State fans' ears because it means LSU and Clemson would have to deal with one another in the 2-3 game lot to talk about. We can get more into the playoff scenarios later this week when we find out what the committee is going to do. And, oh, yeah, there is that big game. Ohio State still has to win this week against Penn State. And then that other game, they have to win next week. We'll talk about that. So, as I said, busy week on Locked on Buckeyes. More Penn State talk, even more Penn State talk, and more Penn State talk. Ross Walton, Bill Bender, Kevin McGuire. Plenty coming up here this week. Make sure you follow Locked on Buckeyes on your favorite podcasting platform. We're on Apple iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, iHeartRadio, you name it. Follow me on Twitter at KYLAM8. Follow the show at Locked on Buckeye, singular. You can also follow my work over on Unscripted Ohio Podcast Network. Appreciate you listening. We'll be back on Tuesday to talk more Ohio State, Penn State. Looking forward to it. Have a great day, everybody.